All right, so this is our indie rock release. This is a re-release of episode 36 with Stacking Pennies. We've interviewed Stacking Pennies twice now and their other band, Funeral Mask, which one of their songs was in last week's episode. So you should you should go listen to that. Yeah, you should. So I know we're halfway through January, but I meant to ask you, how did your last show of 2022 go? It was pretty epic Okay. because me and Rick were just it just ended up being me and Rick. So yeah, but you and Rick work really well together. So that round, me and Round Rock Rick. Well, yeah. we were trying a bunch of weird stuff that night because, let's face it, most of the people stayed at home because it was like the last few school nights before release. So most people stayed at home, but uh, it was fun. We had, we had a good time. We always have a good time. Um, but it was a little more fun than normal because we were doing different stuff, playing different notes, soloing when we shouldn't, just going talking. for glory. Talking trash whenever possible. I can't, in my head, after meeting him, hear it, hear him talk trash. Like, it doesn't, my brain doesn't compute that. I didn't get to see that part, and that was what I wanted. Well, I'll be honest. Rick isn't really a trash he's not talker. A talk, yeah, I didn't think so. He's, like, really sweet. He's He's not, so I have to do it for both of us. Oh, so basically you were trash talking and you're trying to blame him? Yeah. Say some fucked up shit and be like, oh, no, he said that. I was like, I cannot believe you said that about them, Rick. Dude, Rick. that guy's big. He's going to beat your butt. <laughs> Rick's like, if I get beat up, I swear to God. <laughs> to God, I'm just going to lay there. <laughs> but the show, the last show of the year was pretty fun. It was just mellow, and we have this new set list that we're working up with the band. And so me and Rick were going through that. So we're going to be a four guitar band. Really? Yes. That's going to be that's going to be like very Eagles like. It's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be better than the Eagles. It's going to be better be like the Condors. Well, that's good. I have no big updates for no. our my no, my my goal is the, la- the every day feels like Friday afternoon that just won't end. It just keeps going. It's like I can feel the freedom, but it's not there yet. Are you gonna get get time off from work? Or did you? Um, I think I don't know. I have to go check. I may get a little bit of time off, but not a whole bunch. Can you hear the chaos in the background? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Don't worry. No Look, one's feeding our, the child. No, the, the child is hungry or wants something. Um, it's rare to hear. I think when I was staying at your house, I heard her cry twice. She's not much of a crier. She's not a crier. That's a happy baby. Now she's constant. She's always talking crap like her sister is. That doesn't even sound like a real cry. That sounds like, (laughs) oh, wait, I'm supposed to be crying. (laughs) That's that's more like her. Hey. Hey. I'm a little hungry. Hey, get me out of this high chair. <laughs> You're not paying attention. I'm going to get louder. Hey, I made a duty. Hello, it stinks. Come and get some, Dad. Not you, Mom. Just Dad. But yeah, All right. The last Good. show was fun. Good, I'm glad. And here we go. It's Stacking Pennies. You should just refer to us as like thing one and thing two. <laughs> Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Refer to us by the uh, the timbre of our voices. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
Okay, so I, I'm writing down thing one and thing two, but who's thing one and who's thing two? This will just have to roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> well, like being I, anonymous is like the funnest thing ever. It is really, it is kind of fun, but it's super annoying for me. It's probably <laughs> really annoying, yeah. But I haven't seen your face in like a long Since time. I was in Denver Since in 2019. In Denver. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. We put out I mean, a record and a half. A whole album and <laughs> we haven't had any FaceTime. It's weird. It's weird living in this world anymore. All right. So I'm just going to kind of launch into it. I'm back with Stacking Pennies from episode 22. He has a new album out and um, with his friend. And I guess because we still want to remain anonymous, I'm going to call them Thing One and Thing Two. And thing one I interviewed was the interview with the episode 22. What have you been up to? Pop it out music. I uh, recorded um, a demo for a while, a co- like a single for a compilation track, Tape Company Bomber Recordings. That's pretty cool. That'll come out in June for their compilation. And then we we did the, um, the second album. And that'll be out on Look Up Records on May 7th. So that's pretty cool. And then also I produced a metal record by a band called Sarcophagus. And that turned out really rad. And that's up on Bandcamp now. I'm trying to get it on Spotify. I started recording a, a demo. Not a demo. It'll be like probably just an EP of just like acoustic finger style stuff. That's kind of way out of left field. Yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of balls in the air. So you're staying really busy. Yeah, I haven't done anything. I've just been kicking my feet up living the dream playing switch (laughs) Switch. (laughs) (laughs) outside of stacking pennies are you doing music i've sort of been on a bit of a creative hiatus i've had maybe a record that i've been trying to make for like 12 years and i was trying to actually record it I, i inherited a piano and it's like mostly kind of like piano tracks i got really into leon russell Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to record like a Leon Russell album. And I wrote a whole bunch of songs. And then just the logistics of recording in my little Philly row home with like a thousand square feet where my drums are in the basement and mm-hmm. the piano's on the first floor. And then I'm on the second floor. And this is kind of like where my main computer and all my guitars are. It's like, it's such a hassle because I have to drag like a microphone up and down stairs and set things up and break it down. Recording the piano is really difficult. It just never works out. And then I've had the inconvenience of sort of, I got, I I caught COVID in July and uh, it never went away. Like I'm still kind of sick. I have musical aspirations. I have creative ideas. I just haven't been able to get them on paper. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Thing One here has sort of been churning out music and sort of dragging me along because I'm not as motivated by myself as, as I am if somebody else is asking, like, hey, when, when are you going to get this done? Yeah, I just, like, took down a wall. My basement flooded, and I was like, all right, well, this fucking wall's gone. It's <laughs> <laughs> in the way. Fuck this wall. It's a good euphemism for life. Fuck this wall. I'm just gonna knock it down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all also, I live next to senior citizens too, so it's like. Oh yeah, that's always, a thing. There's like, I don't know. There's a big psychological element. Like, I I want to make music where no one can hear it. It's a big like uh, damper on my creative process. And here in Philadelphia, everyone's living on top of each other because it's yeah. all row homes and tight living. So it's like if I'm gonna get loud and weird, 
a whole bunch of people are going to hear it. And I don't like that. It's like subconsciously messes with my creative flow. Like, so I've never really had the space to really get weird with myself or with other people, um, <laughs> which affects, I don't know, it just affects <laughs> creative energy. And like, especially with like vocals, the first yeah. record, like I waited till my wife was in London and I just cranked the records out, or the, the record out, like the vocals in like two days. I just didn't want to. You still yeah. want her to hear you. Are you I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody, right? Like I, I get that too, man, because I, I think uh the vocals because I, I did uh, most of the vocals on this uh, release. Mm-hmm. And I think if I would have been like in Denver or we would have been together, I it, it, I just like wouldn't have been able to get vocals done as efficiently because like I hate people I'm not really a singer. I'm not really confident or comfortable like that. But if I can be here in my closed off room kind of getting weird it's all about being able to feel comfortable to get weird that's like where i really feel like i can get the most out of myself but when other people are watching me and thinking about me and looking at me that's like i can't get weird it's and vocals is like it's the most intimate thing that you do if you're playing music so it's all about getting weird that that'll be my theme for today (laughs) it's also weird like like listening to like a vocal track by itself i know so many things about that i didn't think i would know just by like the timbre of his voice and like editing that and cutting it. When I cut the sarcophagus record a couple weeks ago, my wife was upstairs and like when you're recording vocals, like you can't like the the music playing on the speakers, it's all in your headphone. Yes. And that stuff is just like screaming hardcore. My poor wife's upstairs trying to watch Netflix and Rico's just like (laughs) 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 so good. You can't hear anything but some Poor soul getting beat up in the basement. <laughs> There's no music. She's just hearing somebody. <laughs> Your wife well, is the champ. Yeah, that no record turned out Kelly, so good, though. Kelly's yeah, she's awesome. Kelly rules. <laughs> Kelly's super cool. She's the strongest person I've ever met, period. Yeah, oh, that's so yeah. sweet. Yeah, my wife's red. What made you guys to decide to do this album together? Oh, we worked together like 10 years ago. Okay. And it was like probably one of the funnest projects. Also, we were partying like absolute rock stars. So that probably has something to do with it. But beyond all the fun we were having, like we made some really weird, cool music. So I got in touch with him. He was like, yeah. And he started cutting vocals. And what was the thought process behind this record? Basically, I had written a third album, but it was going to be the second album. But mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I'm just going to try to like get the recording process a little more dialed in. I, I tried a lot of experimental things on the first record and it gave it like a really distant, like washed out sound. I recorded everything in uh, in stereo, which was cool. But I ran into some phasing issues on a couple tracks and I had to cut them from the record. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I don't want to do that again. Um, so like, what is over the top and what can I dial in more and what makes sense to do? And like, how about compression ratios? Like, where can I really dial that in and make things pop? And so I just started trying different things and recording different tracks. And as I was like recording, I was like, man, some of these tracks are really cool. Maybe I should put this out. And so I haven't even touched the second record yet, but I made this one instead. And then as it like kind of came to fruition, I reconnected with him like, so like, I don't know, it just came out and then, you know, I realized that we had something in common and like old school slow dive and my bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, just bouncing ideas off of him. And was, I was like, why don't you put some vocals on it? Or me might've volunteered or something. I don't know. It just was meant to be. And then it just worked really well. You slid right into the pocket, you know, well, actually, the, the melody. You know, even before that, so 
for some reason, you know, somewhere maybe like in like the fall of last year, like we were all starting to get like that pandemic fatigue. And so he mentioned we were in a band in 2012 and this band, it was a trio and we were just like, it was like, it's like psychedelic goofy Prague. I don't even know how you would, it was just kind of like nerd rock. Like, I don't know, just like weird music. And the, yeah, I always the, called the it third, like absurdist music. Like, yeah. And the bizarre. third was this guitarist who, who's just like, who, his playing style is really one of a kind out there. Like you couldn't even fit him in a category. And for some reason, the three of us started talking again about sort of just trying to build a song out of nothing because we had nothing to do. And we, we had a few ideas. We were working on a song. And then for some reason, you know, he reached out and says, hey, like, I, I've been recording shoegaze music. Are you into shoegaze? And yeah, was, I'm, I'm in the shoegaze. I'm, I'm, I'm as big of a slow dive fan as they come. And uh, yeah, it just kind of it worked out. So it started as just like we were really bored. Like, let's try to make music out of nothing. And then he's like, well, I have this whole freaking project that I've just been like playing around with and getting kind of serious about. And here we are, you know, an album and a half in. And yeah, that's, that's why. That's right. Going. I remember because the track that you because it was your track. Um, yeah, it was a piano the, tune. And it, your voice sounds so good on it, man. Yeah. And then like brother, uh, John Peter Paul sent me some <laughs> like um, sent me some some like tracks of master and they turned out really, really good, like really cool. Yeah, those would be like tracks that I was sort of working on for something that I could release, but I don't know. That's that's a bit dead in the water right now. We'll get back to it, man. I'm really bad at releasing things. I, I'm just bad at, uh, I don't know. It, I, I sort of hide behind him because he's going to, you know, he deals with all the things. He puts it out. It, it's anonymous, so no one knows it's me. But I don't know. I guess it's just a confidence thing. I, I record music and just sort of hide it away forever. That's kind of how it's always been. You should move to Denver so he can always just kind of poke you. Just be like, get yeah. to work. Get to work. Yeah, you should move to Denver. <laughs> get, get to it. Yeah. I wouldn't hey, mind. So you know what else is, is cool about this particular record? Um, so like I had one other vocalist on was that guy I never met before. I literally never even heard his voice except for the Yeah, we talked about tracks. that. He just did the and then you never were able to contact him again. Yeah, no, like he's back in I guess he's like in college or whatever. Just like some cool dude. Got a cool I like voice. that. I really like that song. I like his vocals. Yeah. Too. <laughs> that was a good track. Yeah. It's a it's pretty a really cool track. track. That was like the 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 track that kind of like started it because I was like experimenting with different things and um, I got some new drum mics and they turned out really good. So then he put that one thing together and I just kept like working on it. And then I had the guy from Sarcophagus who's also in the metal band I play with called Funeral Mask. Uh, he plays drums in that band and he did drums on one track. And I was like, wow, that really worked pretty good, man. So he did the drums on the the bummer recording single too and i think he's gonna do drums moving forward well it's a total pain in the ass to move his drums that dude it's like it's like a 12 foot diameter of drums <laughs> i don't even have that big of a space i can't like i'm like tripping over drums but, i mean look my drum set's literally behind say, yeah. me right now that's my set a full corner yeah that's not even like his kit his kit is like the size of a truck i like i wish i was exaggerating it's like the size of my truck but i bet it's badass it's real. It sounds really good. <laughs> it sounds really good. Like, really good. Bummer recordings. And they probably, they're just okay. like a small, like, tape label out of Knoxville. I was going to ask. Tell me, tell me about them. Uh, so they, um, here, check this out. This is cool. This is new. Here, hold on. Check this out. Boom, 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 boom. So they, like, did a tape. 
like a legit cassette tape of the uh, oh cool yeah and check it out it's like all pink and stuff on the inside and oh, cool dude, it's, it's that really is awesome body. yeah i was yeah. pretty jealous was, they gave me like, like some stickers tape. too and like i didn't even like do anything they just printed them this is their stickers that's cool how how can i get a tape i want a pink tape you should buy it. I mean, you can order how it can from I buy me. It? I, I can send one to you, really. No, no, um, no. Tell them how they can order it. Oh, yeah. You should go to the Bummer Recordings Bandcamp, and then you can get it from them there, or you can go to the stackingpennies.bandcamp.com or whatever it is, and then you can order it from me there. And then I'll send you a tape, or they'll send you a tape, and I'll throw some stickers in or whatever. Hell, yeah. And then the new record's got some stickers that are different, and it got printed to CD. Mm-hmm. Another arcade. Yeah. yeah. Although I don't know anybody who's actually heard it yet. So that's kind of weird. My tape player is broken and it didn't work in my four track for some reason. So that's not good. I, I think, think that's a four track think... thing. I don't yeah. know. I'll, uh, I'll get a tape player eventually. Maybe I'll get one of those little Walkman. Like old school, on. yes. I know yeah. people are like are buying them, right? Because Bummer was. It's really popular right now. Tapes are really coming back strong. It's pretty cool. Um, I just don't know anyone who's bought one and actually listened to it. <laughs> it's almost like they're buying it could be a, a big scam. <laughs> there's no. There's like, no I hope they sound awesome. Now you're helping other people put their stuff out. What yeah. Got started on that. I'm like, is that something you've always been doing? I don't think we even touched on you doing other people's. Well, I like. I'm really good at the producer thing, right? Because mm-hmm. like. I know the technological and like pretty well at this point. And so I was like, I really should just start putting other people's music out. And then, you know, when Rico came over and started recording his stuff, he was like, I just need someone. Rico's a really, really talented individual mm-hmm. and he doesn't give himself enough credit. And like, I don't know why, cause he's so fucking good at everything he touches. But so when we started playing, he was, you know, like overthinking things and like questioning things. And to me, I'm just like listening. Cause he's playing this shit. That's just so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. It just sounds great. And he's like, nah, I don't want to do this. And I don't want to do that. And I was just like, cool, we'll do it however you want. And then, you know, you could tell he was like a little uneasy about something. But he was just really looking for someone to be like, dude, that sucks. Or dude, that was really red. Like and like, as soon as you have like the black and white thing, he was like, yeah, you're right. And then once we got swimming in like that kind of current, dude, it was like off to the races. Tell me about stars in the cold breeze. Thing- Either one of you, thing one, thing two. Thing two, I think. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's this. It's weird to talk about these songs because even though I wrote the lyrics, they don't feel like my songs. I, I had, I don't know. I feel like what I did was very much just like icing on top of a cake that was already made. Um, but I don't know. So for, for that song, you know, for these songs, what he did is he recorded these full tracks, everything, instrumentals, and he gave it to me uh and said yeah add lyrics to this uh and i had no input in, into what the, what i was getting which was very i, I don't know i i my process has always been sort of like writing vocal melodies simultaneously to writing instrumental you know it's always i've always done it together mm-hmm. so to have this song it was very it was sort of a new thing for me and this particular song is like it's like eight minutes long or something like that it's it's long it, it's sort of like it, it changes in terms of like yeah. it's, its temperament so it starts very mellow uh, and then it gets a little angry at the end and so i i don't know 
in the beginning, I thought it was a little on the nose because of what I ended up doing. It's like I, I, I changed the song very much. And so the, in the beginning, it sort of starts in this sort of meditative style. It's very peaceful, mellow. It's like you're, I don't know, looking at the stars or like it's, it's nice and peaceful and meditative and calm. And then at the end, I don't know, it just kind of turns into this like angry moment where I, I, I don't know. But so I was just trying to to match what what he gave me, uh, and it sort of comes out a little scattered. And I even said to him, maybe this is a little on the nose what I did, but I don't know. I guess it I guess it works. I guess it works. No, it's um, a little bit of a journey. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, so the whole thing was like, I, you know, the thing about like doing the writing process this way is like you always run the risk. And I love punk rock music, right? But like. Punk rock music sounds exactly the same. It sounds like four chords with someone singing over top of it. And there's not a lot of integration between like the structure and the melody, but that didn't happen with us. It was like, uh, I tried to imply melody as much as I could. And thing two, just like that, he just like found it, you know? And that was like kind of cool. Cause I don't feel like a lot of other like mindsets can lend themselves to a song as much as like, that's really what it is. You need to lend yourself to the greater good in, as opposed to inserting your will into the song. And I think we did a pretty good job of that, especially on that tune. I yeah, think, that was a cool one. I think with that song too, you know, I found that there was a lot of sort of me projecting what I'm going through into lyric writing, which I think everybody does in some extent, you know, to some extent, it's just kind of inevitable. Something that I've been focusing on is trying to, sort of calm myself, whether through meditation or positive thinking or, or visualization. Uh, but more often than not, it fails. And then I just become an anxious wreck or I start to get sort of angry thoughts. So it's sort of a reflection of this idea, like breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, positive thoughts, positive thoughts. But then eventually, like those protruding thoughts end up coming in and you're like, oh, the world is so fucking crazy. I'm so wound up. Um, I really think that that song is a, is a reflection of that in a general sense.
So what about, and now this one is just music. It's um, the warm sun on your face. Oh uh, yeah. So like I, I just needed um yeah, no, that, that track is just like, like a theme I've been playing with for a long time that I couldn't really, I couldn't find a spot for it in, in like some other projects. And I really liked the, the strong melody of it. You know, it's just like a chord, a chord melody. Um, it's pretty. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is like, I have like five tracks together and I probably need like three or four more minutes or could use, you know, needed, but like, it, it it needed something to kind of cap it all off. And I was like, let's see if we could fit this in there. So I just kind of built it, you know, um, like layer after layer, like sand and then like ocean and then like fucking air. And it just really felt good. Yeah. It does. It feels nice. I almost felt like I needed to be sitting on a beach somewhere with a margarita, like, <sighs> yeah, yeah definitely, definitely <laughs> margaritas. Yeah, man. Yes.
And then find your way back again. Yeah, I love the way that song turned out, man. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's really good. That was like, so, I think the first one that we did, right? It was either that or Stars or that were definitely one and two. I don't know in what order. I don't know. As soon as you finished it up, I just was like, dude, I love this track. It just sounds so good. Mm-hmm. You know, and like technically so it was good. very difficult. So this this one was hard because um, when you record vocals, like when you record anything, right? There's mm-hmm. this there's this dynamic range is what they call it. And it's like the highs are here and the lows are here. And with vocals in particular, that dynamic range uh, swells, you know, and, and kind of like, you know, breathes with the timbre of the vocalist. Right. Mm-hmm. So in order to kind of level that, so it sits up in the mix, you need to kind of compress it and bring the low volumes up and the high volumes down and not cut out too much of the tone or pump too much gain into it. Otherwise it gets too gritty. So I never done that before. Um, mm-hmm. So when, when I got the vocal tracks from thing two, I just like really dove into vocal recording technique because with the first record, it was all me and I didn't really want anyone to hear me. Uh, I just knew that like the songs called for it. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to crush the shit with reverb and mm-hmm. it's going to sound good and fun. And like that's rock and roll. I didn't even compress any of that stuff. And it wasn't meant to sit on top of the mix. It was meant to sit in the mix, like further back. But this record, the the vocals were so strong. I felt like I'd be doing, you know, the music a disservice if I didn't pump at least the melodies up a little bit and try to level them into like a way that like, would sit on top of the mix, but like wouldn't get lost when we mastered it, you know, or seem mm-hmm. too overpowering or anything. Yeah, I, I love that track. You That's did a great good. job on that one, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. It's really cool. I, like, uh, it's weird to be the vocalist, as I've already said. Uh, I much prefer to hide behind an instrument, and, and that's always sort of been my bread and butter. I like to sing, but I never really got used to the sound of my voice necessarily. And it's been cool having a uh, thing too, uh, sort of with, uh, you know, developing <laughs> production uh, because it's like, I feel like he's helped hide some of the things that I don't like about my voice um, through some of his production work, uh, which is cool. You know, like if like, you know, you're feeling sort of vulnerable and somebody sort of hides that and you're like, Oh, okay. You found all the, you found the good spots in my voice and hid some of the, the spots that make me kind of go cringe. Uh, and so there are a few songs in this album in particular. Uh, I just think he did a really nice sound. He made me sound pretty cool. Made me sound like, you know, like, like I know what I'm doing. Oh. Uh, but yeah, that song, that's a great one. Uh, that's another one. It's sort of longer and, and putting it together is a bit of a journey for me. But the, the lyrics on that one, I feel very, you know, like they're like they're, that's like a, very much an expression of something that I've been feeling because yeah. I, I feel very lost uh, for, for several reasons. And also the, the way that it affects my wife and the way that I feel our society is very lost. So just this theme of like finding our way back is just like, that, that there's a message there that that I resonate that like you know we all I my wife and I my friends we all need to I don't know I always say things are so much better in the 90s we need to find our way back uh, but it's not a song about the 90s that's it's just, <laughs> we need to find our way back again that's that's kind of that's an anthem you know uh, I, I connect with that idea you know the other thing that was cool about that track is that um that was the first track that Rico did drums on too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the drums are noticeably the, the snare is tighter, right? And they're they're yeah. processed a little different. And then we also had a buddy 
another metal dude from Philly by the name of Joe Hughes, who's in a band called, he's in a couple bands, actually. Um, Joe Hughes is a really interesting guy. He's a very cool dude. Um, his, his main squeeze, I believe, is called God Root, and it's like real heavy. Not stoner metal, like, man, it's serious, like, sun variety, you know, yeah. Boris kind of, like, yeah, it's really cool. They they put out some really cool music, and they was another project. I forget what they're called, but they just got signed to like Transmission Loss, I think, um, which is pretty cool. But yeah, he played electric mandolin, and like one of the cool things I like about Joe is Joe electric mandolin that is yeah, he, so cool. And like I wish it was just an electric mandolin, so it would be easy to explain. But it's not. It's an electric exactly. mandolin that's <laughs> also a guitar, right? It's like a double right. neck circumstance, and he rewired all the controls so that. Oh, I just saw him. I was home. It was really cool, man. He's a good dude. He also will take like a mixer and um, use like patch cables to patch the act, like, the outputs of different channels in the mixer into the inputs of other channels, then run like a tone through that somehow, like just based on like feedback, and then manipulate the feedback tones with the phaser or with the, the faders and like you know the controls to make like different noises with the feedback from his own feedback loop. It's like some really goofy shit, man. He's on some next level. That's the last time I saw him, he he had programmed a guitar. I guess it was a couple years ago now. He had like a a rock band guitar and he had programmed like, I think it was like an Oprah sample or something. Every time like he played it, it would play the sample in like a different tone. It was so good.
nothing's what I thought it would be. I love yeah. it. Just the bummer recording dudes were like, do you want to put a thing on the compilation? And I was like, yeah. And then <laughs> nice. I got in touch with my boy and he was like, cool. And then uh, Rico came over the other night and did drums and it was all done. And so that's going to go on a bummer recordings compilation. When is that? Yeah. Gonna- uh, that comes out in June. I can't okay. wait for like, I think look up should do one of those. That would be really cool. Look up records is like, pretty awesome uh, yeah they've got some great artists yeah they have a lot of cool stuff going on i'm really happy to work with them also like bill's like a really cool dude too he's just a regular old guy and i don't know i think his wife is on there or his fiance is on the label too she has some kind of affiliation i haven't met her yet but um yeah they put a lot of cool music out and where are those where are those uh labels at uh look up was in seattle and I think they just relocated to like outside of Boston or Portland, Maine. Bill's booking guys from all over the, the country now. He, like elephants and was up in was elephants and dogs. They're up in Toronto, which is pretty cool. And then his project is called Dark Soft, and that's pretty neat. Oh yeah, that's right. That's another thing we did because that's what Bill wanted me to do. I made a music video. You did. I did. I never did that before. How, um, how did how did it feel to do a music video? Like, my computer is not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, like, really taxing on the old... Um, so what's a music record. video if you're not in it? Like, No, I just, uh, I, like, recorded... Um, we were getting a lot of snow in the mountains, so I went up in the mountains and got some cool, like, snow shots. Nice. And then, honestly, I just, like, recorded, like, my wife's houseplants in, like, cool views and, like, kind of spun around and, like, this little long-known dudes, and I kind of made, like, this weird oddball, uh, like, plot. I don't even know if you can tell it's a plot in the video, but yeah, it did turn out really cool. It's relatively similar to recording, which I thought was pretty neat.
All right. Thank you again. I appreciate Thank you. you. Thanks. Thanks Bye. for having us. Good to see Bye. you again. Nice to see you. See you later, dude. Later, man. All right, everybody, that was episode 36 of Sound Pollution. Please share this episode. It does help me share it on any um, social media platform that you use. All episodes can be found at pretty much any listening platform available at this time. Like, follow, and subscribe. That does help me keep an independent podcast going. I hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day and a beautiful week. And remember, be love and make some noise.